Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah 19b, and this is Saul Weinreb, the host of your podcast. In the first part of this chapter in 19a, we read about Isaiah's prophecy about the belief in many gods that Egypt had, the polytheism of Egypt, that would lead to confusion and eventually civil war and strife among the Egyptian people. And we read how that once chaos and internal strife took place, Ishayahu, Isaiah, astutely predicted and prophesied that a cruel ruler would eventually take over and rule Egypt, as often happens when there is no political stability. That is when the strong-handed leadership usually takes over. But all of this was part of a process of God demonstrating to the Egyptians the failure and the weakness of their polytheistic way of life and belief system. The purpose in doing this was for God to demonstrate the importance of belief in the one true God, of what we often call today ethical monotheism. Today, we are going to learn about the next step in the process of bringing the Egyptian people towards recognizing the one true God. Ultimately, we will see that Isaiah reminds us that God loves Egypt, and his goal is to bring them to him, not to destroy them. We will go on today to study another astute and very important observation that Ishayahu is trying to teach us. That when all of the systems that we depend on for our lives, for our safety, our economy, and our health starts to fail, we tend to begin by looking to the usual places for support. However, we often find that those places are meaningless and unable to help us. And when we finally recognize that, that is when we finally turn to God. We eventually learn that although turning to God may not instantaneously end our troubles, at least the belief in the one true sovereign can bring peace to one's heart and soul and strength to the people that need it and help them find purpose and meaning in their lives, even in their suffering. While it also brings responsibilities, responsibilities to act in an ethical manner and to become a better person and to change. But this will give one the strength to survive and thrive despite the often terrible circumstances that they are living in. We'll now begin with verse 5. Today we will study from verses 5 to 17 of chapter 19 in Isaiah. It begins with the descent and the ruin of Egypt's economy, starting with Water shall fail from the seas. The waters of the seas will fail to give what they always have given Egypt. And the river, the Nile River, upon which the entire economy of Egypt depends, will start to become dry and be parched. The sustenance of all people depends on the water source, but Egyptians in particular had a culture that and a religion that was based on the Nile, which they made into a deity as well. God is going to test them first by starting to dry up that very sea and the very river that they most depend on. <coughs> and the progression of destruction continues. The channels, the canals that 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 come off of the Nile, they're going to start to get less and less in water and start to dry. The canals and the reservoirs will begin to dry. And the konev asuf, the reeds and the, the, brush, the rush that grows along the sides of the river will start to dry up. Aros al-ya'or al 
All of those things that get their sustenance in water and, and everything, all the things that are planted and irrigated from the canals and the reservoirs will all begin to wither and blow away and disappear. And then the destruction continues. Now the people start to suffer. The fishermen, and they will start to mourn. All those that throw hooks into the river to catch fish. And those that spread nets out to catch fish on the water. They are now starting to cry. They are now starting to mourn because their entire source of sustenance is gone. And now the entire flax industry, those that would, because the, the crop of flax is destroyed and gone and dried up, the people that comb the flax, the people that weave the flax into garments, and the economy is, is slowly becoming completely ruined. And what happens when all of this gets crushed? The foundations, the very foundations of Egypt, as the, this calamity works their way through the people, the very foundations of the Egyptian economy will be crushed. Even the workers called Ose Secher Agme Nafesh, those that, that, that build dams and waterworks to direct the water to the farms and the agriculture, they will despair. There will no longer be any work. And what do people do immediately? So all of, all of the leaders of all of the various uh, religion religious factions and those that worship this god or that god or the other god, these are the next to fall. Everyone looks to them, but they're doing nothing. They're useless. Their, their entreaties to the idols, their sacrifices to the idols, their, their rituals, their philosophies, their ideas that have been developed over generations and generations of Egyptians have now completely failed them. So the next step, Ach evilim sore an. As the people turn to them, to these leaders, and these leaders are failing them, the gods of this, the, those that worship the gods of the sea, the gods of the river, the gods of agriculture, the weather, even the flax, the builders, all of these people will be in turmoil. The masters of Tzoan, the, the great city of Tzohan will look like fools. Why? Because all of their so-called wisdom will get them nowhere. The wise advisors of Pharaoh, Chachmeyo Pharaoh, of Pharaoh, their ideas and philosophies and attempts to explain the calamity will be like an Eitzan of Ara. They will look like foolish ideas. How could they have the audacity to present themselves in front of the king and talk about how they are so wise because they are descendants of generations of supposedly wise sages with hundreds of years of tradition behind them? when these traditions have clearly proven to be useless. That I come from generations, generations and generations of leaders, and it's been com proven completely useless. Tell me indeed, Egypt, where are your wise men? Where are they? Come, I want to tell you, says Isaiah. Let's tell, let's tell you exactly where... where uh, What's going on here? Viedu and let them know all these wise men need to know what God's ideas, what the true God's ideas are for Egypt. Now it's time for you to come and listen. 
Ultimately, the purpose Isaiah is going to emphasize several times, many times, the purpose of this is not just to crush Egypt. The purpose is to bring them to the re recognition and realization of the truth. The nobles of all of the leaders of all of your factions, all of your shivatim, all of the many different factions, those from Tzoan, which is uh, this also known as the city of Tanis, those of Nof, which is also known as the city of Memphis, all of these leaders, they have led the Egypt astray. God has mixed up Egypt with a spirit of disorientation and bewilderment. In all of Egypt's actions, God has confused them like a drunkard rolling around and vomiting. There will be nothing left of Egypt. None of its leaders will be able to take charge, God says. I will cut off your leaders completely. In a phrase that Ishayahu used before in chapter 9, verse 14, there he was in a similar reference. Isaiah was prophesizing about the confusion and ineffective and corrupt leadership of Israel. He said God would cut their leadership off and create a vacuum. He used the same language, Rosh Vizanav Kipavi Agmon, the heads, the tail, the kipa, the canopy, which likely means the branches of trees that give cover and the reeds that grow from the ground, Viagmon. This must have been a phrase used at the time, which means to cut off all the leadership, every loose end, so to speak. But here the purpose is not to destroy the nation, but rather to bring Egypt to the true knowledge of God, to establish a more just leadership by cutting off its corrupt leadership. Bayomahu on that day, Yemitzrayim Kanoshim, Egypt will be like women. And they will finally tremble in fear from before the waving of God's hand, that God is waving over Egypt. When the polytheistic systems of Egypt and the gods and prophets and wise men and noblemen of the old Egypt completely fail, the people will be like women. What does this mean? In general, women were not a part of the religious elite. And as such, they, and they were not educated in the ways of, of each of these idols and things, not nearly as much as the men. As such, they had the ability to see much more clearly where the truth was. They had much less invested in the false ideologies of, of, the, of the Egyptian pantheon. The entire country was now like women who were less educated in the old ways because the old ways have been shown to be, be nonsense. And therefore, they had a much better ability to see the truth. Just as Isaiah told us before, under similar circumstances, it was the Alma, the young girl, who was able to see the truth of Immanuel. When all the leadership of Israel and Judah were corrupt, it was the young girl that said, Immanuel, God is with us. While all of the supposed corrupt leaders could not, they had too much invested in their false philosophies. Now the entire Egypt will be like those women. Now they will be able to fear and tremble before God and recognize that it was He who was trying to teach them a message. saw this is now verse 17, which with which I'll complete today's podcast. The land of Judah will be to Egypt for a, as a chaga, which I will translate in a moment. Everything that the people of Judah, the religion of Judah, teaches to Egypt, Egypt will now fear and listen and tremble because, because it will be from before the atzas, the ideas of God himself that God wants to teach the Egyptians, no longer the false polytheistic ideas of Egypt. And this is really the most important 
verse in this in this in today's podcast and I'm going to explain the Egyptians now turn to the land of Judah and seek guidance now it's the teachings of God that will be taught to the Egyptians they will fear the word of God it will be the Eitzat Hashem the ideas of God the ideas of ethical monotheism that will reverberate throughout Egypt this word Chaga that the land of Judah the teachings of Judah will be for Egypt like the Chaga the commentaries struggle to translate this word, as it appears nowhere else in the Tanakh. It is spelled with an aleph at the end, the Hebrew letter aleph, as if it may have an Aramaic influence. However, from Aramaic, we only know this word to mean a chag, which generally means a holiday or a special occasion or an anniversary. Some therefore translate it as the land of, will be for Egypt a terror, because we find sometimes this word chag referring to the shaking and swaying that drunkards do at a, like at a holiday party so people so therefore they say they will shake so people will shake in terror but most translators will admit that this is quite a stretch personally i think the meaning of the word is a holiday as the recognition of god will be like a new holiday for egypt and holidays and special occasions while typically considered happy events they are also full of mixed emotions they will be happy that they finally see the truth. They will want to listen to the truth from, from, from Judah, from the teachings of Judah. But this truth is not a simple truth. Recognizing one God means that there are no easy answers to your suffering. You cannot just magically affect this God or that by some sort of ritual or sacrifice and thereby bring water back to the Nile or fix the economy. This God is true, but he requires actions. He requires a change in your society. He expects you to be just and righteous and kind. Remember, this is the message of Isaiah. From the beginning, he kept on emphasizing that the sacrifices, the prayer, this is, not, this is not what God wants. This is not what God wants us to do to fix our problems. The recognition of the truth of Judaism that comes from Judah will be like a holiday. And everything Judah says will make Egypt tremble in fear but because, because they now know that they need to be better. They need to be just. They need to be kind. They need to establish a better kingdom. But it will also bring about relief, truth, and eventually redemption, as we shall see in the next podcast when we complete the study of chapter 19, The Burden of Egypt. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Looking forward to having you join us again in 19C.